You're about to listen to a very special Spoop Hour featuring two incredible guests. Unfortunately, due to some audio issues in the beginning, one of our guests you won't be able to hear. We've done our best to edit around this and hopefully you don't lose the narrative. But just so you're aware, the audio will be corrected around the time of the tarot reading. So if it sounds like you're maybe missing a part of the conversation, we are very sorry and we hope you enjoy this collaboration. Hey, Courtney. Hey, Sasha. Knock, knock. Who's there? Wherefore means? Wherefore means who? No, wherefore means why? I thought you were an English major. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's spoop hour. And this week we are joined by some very special guests. You may have heard some phantom laughter at our hilarious dad joke at the <laughs> beginning of this. Do you ladies want to introduce yourselves? I'm Lindsay and that's Sarah from 33% Pulp. We read books. We read old books that most people probably haven't read. And we choose them based on their cover, what they look like basically like if it amazing comes down to you two. judge books by their cover yep exactly that's our thing <laughs> and we divide it into thirds and read only our third and then basically tell each other the story over three episodes i will say i love listening to y'all's podcast yeah. it is one of my favorites i find it very funny so if anybody is listening to our podcast who hasn't checked out 33 percent pulp go do that and actually, this week, you're going to get a double dose of Spoop Hour 33% Pulp, because also our companion episode with y'all is coming it out is this true. week. It is true. It will be released on Thursday. I don't know the date. Yay! Uh, 27? No, 26. Oh, oh, I was 26, close. Yeah. yeah. So it will be a full-on 33% Spoop Hour combo yeah. week. Fun. That's Just awesome. One-two punch. One-two punch. Awesome. Well, we have some updates from past episodes that we wanted to enlighten you. So I'll start. We got an email from a listener, and this is in response to, I believe it's episode 31, mm -hmm. Dole Hole. So if you yeah. haven't shoved that in your Dole Hole yet, shove it in your Dole Hole. <laughs> then we have an update from listener John. So this is going to be me reading from John who emailed spoophour at gmail.com, which is what you should do if you have ghost stories, if you have updates about things we've talked about in the past. Just yeah, tell us stuff. Yeah, if you want to correct us, feel free. Please correct us. <laughs> Please We're correct so us. wrong all the time. <laughs> Just fix us. Anyway, this is from John. You guys were talking about the brain-eating amoeba in Florida. Just to freak you out a lot more, that amoeba f is fairly common and found in most water in the southern U.S., but they don't usually harm humans below a certain concentration. Hmm. Instances of infection go up when drought conditions drive the concentration of the amoeba in the water up. They have cases of this infection, bad news, Sarah, in Texas on the Guadalupe River <laughs> among tubers when the water in the river gets low. You're welcome, John. Oh, God. So thanks, John. Wow. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. So con- context wise, we talked about how Disney used to have like river country. I yeah, think river country. Yep. And they funneled actual lake water from Florida lakes into it, which is gross to begin with because lakes are icky and slimy. Adding to the fun is Florida lakes have a brain eating amoeba. So I will say in its defense, people are like sailing, like they have motorboats and like mm-hmm. like little watercraft in those lakes still at Disney and yeah. no one's been sick. But thank you, John, thank so you. much for horrifying We're us. We're now afraid of all <laughs> water <laughs> because we like our brains where they are, which is not being eaten. And speaking of things that are eaten. Hey. This is actually not a good segue because we have another update. <laughs> well, I was going to do snack first. Oh, but do we, let's sorry. do snacks. Let's do snacks. Okay. Do snacks. Oh, Speaking of okay. things that are eaten, Lindsay's that was all a ready great, to go. Lindsay's like, snacks! Because <laughs> I did not get y'all a snack, but I got one for us. So this was hilarious to me at 4 o'clock this morning. Uh-oh. That could only mean it's a good thing. It's from Starbucks. As always. Uh-oh. All right. It's two scones. It's a, it's a scone. It's a scone! Because Shakespeare scones <laughs> it's hilarious uh, think of it with a sleep deprived 4am brain and it's really funny i will appreciate the scone but good god Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how our third roommate reacted i was like i got a scones and she's like because shakespeare's english yeah. she was like yeah all right so that was a fun <laughs> snack update what do you do y'all have snacks i saw Lindsay start I have snacks, but they're not fun or anything. Oh. I mean, I guess they're fun for me. Are they delicious? They're, uh, I mean, cheese bites. <gasps> Ooh, from Trader Joe's. Hell yeah. yeah. We're a pro Trader Joe's household here. Trader Joe's is a wonderful place, and they have these cheese bites that are oven baked, so and good. they're um, crunchy. By Trader Joe's. <laughs> if Trader, Trader Joe's, Joe's sponsor us. Sponsor Starbucks has it, here. so. <laughs> Trader Joe's. All right, so update number two. This is a spookier update. This is a, yeah, this is but a more unsettling update. Probably so, not for you guys. You guys are safe. Yeah, you guys are not anywhere near Northern Virginia. In episode three of our podcast, Benevolent Bunny Butter, we talked about the Bunny Man Bridge, which is a local urban legend to us in Northern Virginia. And uh, long, very long lasting. Cause I mm-hmm. mentioned this to my students this week and they were like, Oh my God. And so I was like, okay, well, if kids like 10 years younger than me still know what this is, then yeah, it's, it's still, still kicking. Still kick the short version is there's a guy who wears a bunny costume and kills people at this particular bridge out yeah. in the suburbs. And this apparently started in the seventies. <laughs> there was like an escaped, you know, mental patient or prisoner or whatever it is, what your variant is. And mm-hmm. he, he hides at this bridge and it's called bunny man bridge. Because he's the bunny Because he's the bunny man. So this week, um, one of the friends of our pod, Colin, who with his fiance live out in this area, and shared. Again, I cannot emphasize enough. This is a very much a suburb, and it, it's mostly. It's like woods. a small. It's it's a small. It's like a historic small town. It's yeah. really cute. But a body was found at Bunny Man Bridge, so that was cool. And the Fairfax police, the Fairfax <laughs> County police, were tweeting about like this body found in like you know, such and such block of whatever this road is. Yeah. And everyone was, like, retweeting it, like, this is the wait, Bunny Man Bridge. Wait, Bunny Man? So, so, Bunny Man's back. Bunny Man's back. And I think it's a body of a 30-year-old who yeah. had, like, upper body trauma, trauma. I think. Yeah. Oh so, and they, they don't know what happened as of yet. They're still investigating. And every news report I've seen of it is like, this is extra spooky because this is the site of, like, our only local urban legend. 
So that's fine. So where I'm usually not that skeptical, I'm pretty much, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is just like an isolated incident, yeah. but it just makes it worse that it's at Bunny Man Bridge. I suspect whoever dumped this body was probably like, this is the woods. And didn't do it like, I'm gonna fuck with everybody, this is Bunny Man Bridge. Yeah. But it just so happened that his woods dumping site was with everyone. Bunny Man Bridge. So that's fine. Wow. So there was a body at Bunny Man Bridge, y'all, and we'll keep you posted. So brain-eating amoebas, Bunny Man Bridge. It's a great time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of being alive, would you like to hear your fortune? Yes, please. I'm curious. Yay! Okay. So... As listeners know, when we have ghosts on, we like to introduce them to the show by having our resident certified tarot reader. I'm not Super professional. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Definitely not using a book in the internet, but super pro tarot reader Sasha. Definitely not using a book that I got for my birthday when I was in middle school. (laughs) No, she's just super pro. She's going to tell their tarot card past, present, and future. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'll go first. Oh. Okay. No, no, no. Lindsay. Sarah, Lindsay. No. <laughs> no, 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 Lindsay. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> okay. okay. All right, Age Lindsay's going before first. beauty. All right. <laughs> wow. Um, so we're doing this as a three-card draw, past, present, and future. All right, so Lindsay, for your past, you drew the Six of Swords. This portrays a situation of moving away from turbulent, difficult feelings towards a calmer and more serene state. At this time, your mind's capacity for understanding helped you uh, helped ease you through a difficult and anxiety-provoking time into a more peaceful passage in the present. <laughs> Insight smoothed the storm clouds and helped retain your self-respect and confidence. Does that sound right? Does that sound like anything? Yeah, that could yeah. fit. <laughs> that could fit. <laughs> it doesn't have to. <laughs> it's, All right. it, that's a nice chill one. It's a nice chill yeah, one. It's, it's like your, yeah. your past... You know, it's just, you know, helped set you up for the present. It's a I've good got, foundation. Like, it's a good foundation. Much yeah, like yeah. any past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The present that you drew was the hermit. The hermit portends a time of aloneness or withdrawal from the extroverted activities of life so that the wisdom of patience may be acquired. There's an opportunity to build solid foundations if one is willing to wait. You at last arrive at maturity, having <laughs> developed a mind and a heart and a firm sense of identity, and finally a deep respect for your own limitations in the great passage of the round of time. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one's really good. Don't you, th- yeah. Don't yeah. you think, Sarah? That's basically Is that you? my life. Mm-hmm. I'm the hermit. Okay. Well, because I've, well, I've got two cats, so... <laughs> You've got two cats, so obviously your life is over. <laughs> no, no. She called me before we did this because she was like, I need to talk to a human being. Oh. I haven't spoken to anything else other than my cat. Oh, oh. No. I need like a, a warm up where I have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but Bless. see, but it's setting you up for a future in which that like your hermitness now will be like useful in the future. Because you're learning patience mm-hmm. and learning your own heart. Yeah. That's what I tell Gotta myself. Gotta learn, know yourself. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Or is that what you tell your cats, the only things you've talked about? Oh, I to tell today? the whole family. I tell the whole family. Okay. <laughs> All right, and then for your future, you drew the Three of Wands. This represents an initial state, or stage of initial completion of a creative idea. Like maybe a podcast? Hey. Hey. Uh... There will be cause for celebration, and it seems everything will go to plan. 
Good foundations have been laid for you, enthusiasm is high, and there is a feeling of satisfaction and optimism about the future potential of your project. Yeah. There will still be hard work ahead, and new plans will need to be put into action before the full promise can be realized, but you're going to be in a, like, a good place for your creativity in the future. Cool. I like it. Great news for 33% pulp. Yeah, right? (laughs) All right. That was fun. Yeah. Yay. All right, Sarah, you ready? Oh, God. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, you got some bad news. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I no, don't no. actually know. All right. It's herpes. herpes. Oh, no. Oh, oh my God. God. The first card, card says herpes. herpes. The second card says herpes. <laughs> and the third card says herpes, herpes. Does that sound right? <laughs> Past, present, yeah, future, it actually herpes. Does. It's just herpes. It's just herpes. It's just her- it's all the way down. It's oh, just God. Herpes. Please, no. <laughs> Tarot got real specific for you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I've never known anyone to get diagnosed with an illness from the tarot. So here we are. (laughs) All right, Sarah. For your past, you drew the Three of Swords. This was a sorrowful card which heralded strife, conflict, or separation. Herpes. Oh my god. (laughs) From herpes. Oh god. This painful state was in some way necessary, and there was a realization that blindness or self-delusion could not go on. It was the breaking of an abscess so that your body could begin to heal, which From the sounds herpes. a lot like good. herpes. So it's good, but it does kind of sound like herpes. <laughs> Metaphorically, you had some You're hard time. I did. I did. I, I um, had a really gnarly breakup in the fall. Oh, oh yeah. well, there we go. Well, good news. Your body is beginning to heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that that sounded like... Good for Sarah. Yeah. All right. Your second card, so in the present, was strength. The challenge of containing the powerful and savage beast within us while preserving animal qualities which are creative and vital. It implies that a a collision with the lion within is inevitable, where a creative handling of one's rage or pride is desirable. Courage, strength, and self-discipline are necessary to battle with the situation. Through such experiences, we can come in contact with the beast, but it's also with that part of us, which is the hero who can subdue it. Ooh. You will emerge from this contest with trust in yourself and integrity towards others. Well, that's, that's good. good. That's good. These are yeah. like, so like, this is all eerily apt, by the way. Yeah? Awesome. Oh my gosh. Apt. This is why Sasha is the tarot reader. She's so pro. <laughs> Sarah is like, yeah. in, like on the inside, like a beast-like lion. Like a lion. Right, yeah. And, and she also contains the hero who can defeat she's the also, lion. But she's also the hero, which is, you know. Yeah, exactly. It does sound a little pulpy that she's she's both the lion and the hero. Mm-hmm. That must be the lion. <laughs> yeah. Like, if it's a space lion and he's trying to save a beautiful lady, you got your next book. Boom. <laughs> yeah, space lions. We gotta yeah. find it. By, by the way, what are your signs? I, I'm a cancer. Cancer yes. and... I'm a Capricorn, but my moon is in cancer. Okay, oh, cool. Okay. Good to know. We're both Libras. Yeah, but I... I don't know Megan what my told moon me is. where my moon was, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I don't know over my your moon. hammy. Over my hammy. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's my mom's favorite thing to order at Denny's. Is the moon's over my hammy? Oh she my gets God. really sheepish about ordering it. It's cute. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about Sarah's future, which and is not, not my herpes. mom's Denny's preference. <laughs> Weird. Your card says that you're going to Denny's and you're going to order moons over my hammy. Sponsored by Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> Denny's when IHOP has a long wait. <laughs> All right, so Sarah's future is the Eight of Cups. 
This is going to be the most difficult stage of your journey. Giving up of hope for the future. Sounds bad, but just (laughs) sit tight. It's the necessity of giving something up because you need to face the truth of a situation. No further action will avail, and there's no way to go except to let go. Your future Mm. cannot be manipulated. We must go empty-handed into the unknown. But though this seems foreboding, relinquishing control may lead to better ends, letting go of old attitudes and the ability to accept new change. So basically for the future, it's like you can't really prep for it. So just go into it boldly. Just face God and walk back. Jesus, take the wheel. All right. Yeah, basically Jesus, take the wheel. (laughs) Inner lion, take the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. But see, if you're, since you're building up this like inner strength and that you trust yourself in the present then going into the future, facing the unknown with nothing, like, you'll be strong enough to handle You're that. You're not really facing it with nothing. Oh, exactly. good. My, my move back to Los Angeles in September will go well. Yay! Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. perfect. You're you gonna, just have to let go. Are you, just let go of everything, leave all your shit in San Antonio, <laughs> and then just move to Los Start Angeles you. with a song in your heart and $5 <laughs> in your pocket, <laughs> and do you. <laughs> There we go. I love That's it. how everybody Thank moves you. to LA, right? Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Thank you. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. So you guys had some pretty good tarot readings. So that doesn't really bring us into today's topic, but as we have hinted, today we're going to be talking about Shakespeare and all of the spoop that he incorporated both into his plays, into his life a little bit, and just all of the weird spooky nonsense that's in Shakespeare. Cool. Oh, yes. I know that. I knew that already. <laughs> You're like, like yeah, wait, what? talk about it. What are we talking about? Yeah, tell me Go. about Lindsay definitely anyway. read the notes for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay was frantically on Cliff's notes trying every variation. Yeah. How do you spell this name? <laughs> All right. So, in order to warm us up for our hilarious literary discussion on mm. Shakespeare and Spoopspeare and Shakespeare, I have created a game for us, and this game is partially inspired by the movie we watched for you guys, because this game is called Which Witch is Witch? Yes! (laughs) Yes! So, the way this game is going to work is I'm going to read either a spell that was done, some sort of magic used, or just a general description of something about a character from a Shakespearean play, and you're going to tell me (laughs) if it's a witch if it's a fairy or if it's a ghost. Okay. Which fairy or ghost? Okay, yep. good. And I think we this can, might Sarah, be... you and I can do this. We can do this. Yeah? That's, yeah. I mean, I love someone... your optimism. <laughs> Unleash your lion, Sarah. <laughs> Let him out. <laughs> so, Sasha is an English teacher, so I did try to make this difficult for Sasha, because I know there's one ghost in particular that she's very familiar with. Oh, she's she's on our team? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's on oh, the team. Sweet, yeah. I'm... I'm the only person who doesn't play because I made the game, so I know all the answers. Yes. Okay, now there's okay. hope. Yeah. <laughs> as now I put we in for my sure notes, have this. <laughs> as I put in my notes, this might be a very easy game, but I am so tired. Please, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> also, for bonus points, name the play. You don't okay. have to if you, but if you can, I'll I don't know, give you extra snaps and mail you a very old scone that I've already eaten <laughs> from so. Starbucks. Ghost, yeah. ghost scone. Ghost scone. Scone goes. Starbucks, call us. We have a great idea for a Halloween (laughs) product integration. Mm -hmm. All right, you guys ready? Yes. And if I remember correctly, I think I did 11 statements. So I think there are 11 of these. First one. Lol, oop, I got scolded by Hecate. Oh, God. What? Oh, damn. (laughs) I'm an English teacher. Who? (laughs) See? Or, or like, Hecate is like the queen of witches. 
Heck- yeah, yeah Hecate or Hecate. In Buffy, they say Hecate, and it comes up yeah. a lot. So I always assumed that Buffy knew what was up. Somebody I've heard they have their shit together on their. It phone. looks like Hecate. Oh God! It looks yeah, it looks like Hecate. Wait, so what was it? I Lol, oop! Yeah, I got scolded by scolded. Hecate or Hecate. Okay. So who was that? Is that a ghost, a witch, or a fairy? Probably I'm gonna say a witch, and here's why. Because she's the queen of witches, right? So why would she be scolding a ghost or a fairy? That is very good logic. It is a witch. Mm. In Act <laughs> 3 of Macbeth, the witches oh. get scolded by Hecate because they left her out of every time they met with Macbeth and told him prophecies. And she was like, what the fuck? I thought oh, we agreed. Yeah. You had the club without me and I'm the fucking president. So she got really, <laughs> really salty about it. In my defense, I haven't taught Macbeth since 2012. And that's so. why I started with a Macbeth question, because I'm like, if I do Hamlet, Sasha's going to be like, ghost, 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 <laughs> ghost, ghost. <laughs> so I try, again, at first I was like, this is going to be a really easy game. So this is me trying to make it hard so it's fun. All right. So. Question all right. Two. Question two. I summoned up a storm to fuck with a shipman who wronged me. That's from The Tempest. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. The Tempest. So which... No. That would be a fairy person. Not well, how are we well, categorizing well, <laughs> his name started with a P. How are we That's defining Prospero. Prospero? Is he a witch? No, he Prospero a witch? is a, a wiz- no. He's a magician. Yeah. Yeah, isn't he like a straight up magician? He's like the only straight up magician in Shakespeare, right? But yeah. he's one of the guys that gets stranded there. So mm-hmm. Sycorax oh, is the witch that's on the island, and Ariel is a fairy that's bound to a tree? <laughs> yeah, Ariel's okay. the fairy, yeah. For listeners, I'm just sitting here wiggling my eyebrows. <laughs> so what are you guys so going to say? You it's got to be witch or fairy. Witch, fairy, or ghost? Sure ain't a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay abstains? <laughs> I'm going to okay, so say, fairy. say fairy. Fairy? I want to say uh-huh. it's Ariel. I'll say... Yeah, if it's Ariel, then it's a fairy. Because... All right, so you're both saying fairy? Are we both wrong? Yes. You are both wrong. Okay. You oh. are on the right track. So I would have given points if you had cl- if you had specifically said wizard, because that's what Prospero is. Mm. But it is actually a witch, because the first witch in Shakespeare's Macbeth curses a sailor whose wife would not share her chestnuts. Wait, oh. in Macbeth? In Macbeth. Oh, that's shit, the first. We were on oh. completely the wrong. You were. Co- it is true. Oh, we were in the wrong this play. Is, this is also what Prospero does to get the people who wronged him onto yeah. the island, which is why I would have accepted wizard or witch for the tempest. Oh, Ariel is still. Ariel has nothing to do with the storm. Oh okay. dang! Yeah, okay. like he's just a servant, but he doesn't have the kind of power to summon up the storm. Right. So. Oh, so um, we were we were in the wrong play. Sorry, we were y'all. In yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's okay. You again. again. <laughs> in, in the notes, I put or alternatively wizard. So I meant to clarify at the beginning of the game, wizards would fall into the witch category, uh, okay. but you guys were, your, your thinking was so, solid. But fun fact, the first witch's monologue about cursing this shipman that she felt wrong her by marrying a rude woman, that's the monologue that I auditioned for and got the part of the first witch with in nice. eighth grade. And I still <laughs> know it. God. I was Banquo. Nice. 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 Wow. Yeah. Do you still know any of it? I still know this monologue. Absolutely not. I think I did. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I ghost. Yeah, definitely Banco, a ghost. Yeah, Banquo is definitely a ghost. Yeah, is the one who gets killed in the beginning, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and he comes kings. back and he's... Yeah. 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 yeah, they're not born of women. Right, Banquo is the one who comes back and is like, hey, what's up? How's your life now, Macbeth? How's your life now, <laughs> asshole? Yeah, the first witch is 
the monologue, for those of you who care, because I can still do this fucking monologue. No. Um, <laughs> the gist of it is she has his thumb. Um, I can even still do the intro from when I auditioned with it, because we had to audition with an intro. It's from Act 1, Scene 3. Why does three. your brain work like I this? I don't know. What's wrong with No one knows. It's fine. So it's I myself have, I'm not going to do it in the witch voice that I auditioned with, but it's I myself have all the other and the very ports they blow, all the quarters that they know, I the shipman's card. I'll drain him, dry as hay, sleep shall neither night nor day, hang upon his penthouse lid, he should live a man forbid. Weary seven nights, nine times nine, shall he dwindle, peak and pine. Though his bark cannot be lost, yet it shall be tempest tossed. Look what I have. She has his thumb. So <laughs> using, because um. she... She literally walked past this woman. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I did it in the witch voice. It was better in eighth grade. It's fine. But she walks past this woman and she's like, yo, can I get a chestnut? And the woman was like, fuck you, witch. And she's like, <laughs> all right, you want to play this game? Let's play this game. And I think she can't officially wreck the ship mm -hmm. because like she's previously placed a charm on it or whatever. So she can't undo that. But she's like, but I'm going to fuck with him and your husband's going to die anyway. So. I remember them messing with sailors and being yeah. kind of petty, yeah. right? Yeah, super petty. Again, I, she's like, Can I, I get aspire a to that level of petty. Right? <laughs> oh my god! I remember none Goals. of this from oh. six years ago. Oh. <laughs> you gotta reread Macbeth. I, yeah, because I read it once in two thousand eight for high school English, and then I taught it in two thousand twelve to a bunch of high schoolers, and then it's, it's pieced on a, out before we even finished the play. It's not a major plot point. Yeah, like obviously the big stuff with the witches in Macbeth is the double double toil and trouble and the whole prophecy thing. Right. They don't really dwell on these are some petty bitches. Yeah, yeah, but they are. But some it does petty establish bitches. right from the very beginning their power and how oh, yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah, the fact that she's like all I ha I have his thumb. I don't know how she got it, but she has it, and she's like, this is all we need to ruin this dude's life. Mm -hmm. mm. So share your chestnuts with anyone who asks, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, question three. Sometimes I trick people into thinking they're sitting on a stool, and then I make them fall over. Okay, this is a fairy. Which fairy or ghost? Fairy? All right. It's a fairy from a comedy, but I don't know which one. I'm going to second Lindsay's yeah, fairy, fairy assertion. Fairy. Do you guys want to hazard a guess as to which fairy or which comedy? It Midsummer. Midsummer. You are right. It is Boom. a fairy and it is Midsummer. Puck does this to women telling sad stories to make Oberon laugh in a Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> yeah, he specifically says, like, when fat ants are telling sad stories, I pretend to be a stool so they sit down and then fall over, and it's really funny. Aww. Hilarious. <laughs> it's a dick move, Puck. <laughs> Old ladies falling on the ground. Well, speaking of Puck and dicks, di yeah. He's he also goes by Robin Goodfellow. Yes, and I yes. learned that that Robin Goodfellow was like the 1500s version of housewife porn where because he would be frequently seen with like a giant phallus and a broom so he would come nice yeah come and like sweep the house and like do trickster type stuff and then have a giant like wiener ready to go phallus so yeah puck nice Wow, awesome. I love it. That's the next <laughs> what a layer. good fellow, am what I right, ladies? Uh. <laughs> yep. All right, next one. We ready? Yes. I show up at inopportune times to cause or at least witness people making bad decisions. I'm a fairy. Am I a witch, a fairy, or a ghost? One more time. I show up at inopportune times to cause or at least witness people making bad decisions. Fairy? One vote fairy. Fairy or ghost? 
Yeah, yeah, I just like, was thinking about King doing? Hamlet showing up and being like, Hamlet, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> like, you just killed Polonius. All right, so... I got one vote for a ghost. One vote yeah. ghost, one vote fairy, and one vote for fairy ghost. So you split it down the middle. It is a ghost. Um, okay. But specifically the one I was referring to is the ghost of Julius Caesar, who appears to Brutus whenever he makes a bad choice. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then Caesar's yeah. like... It's not so fucking easy, is it? Shouldn't have stabbed me in the dick. Fun fact, Brutus stabbed him in the dick. This is such a fun game. <laughs> Thank you. I tried so hard. All right. Next one. You ready? Yes. yes. I show up to manifest guilt in the person who wronged me and tell them to, quote, despair and die. Bitch. My mom. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Is your She's mom lovely. a witch, a fairy, or a ghost? She is lovely. <laughs> well, this is She's an angel. <laughs> This is probably a ghost. Ghost? I would say ghost. ghost. Two votes ghost. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna third it. Alright. Three ghost. votes ghost. Anybody wanna hazard your guess as to what play? You don't have to. It's optional. No? No. Alright. Well it is a ghost. Family. It's specifically in Richard the Third. Ghosts appear to Richard the Third the night before his big battle to make him feel bad about murdering them. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, fuck you, I hope you die on this fucking battlefield. Yeah, I have that in my notes, actually. <laughs> yeah. I just forgot. Yeah. It's because okay. it right. <laughs> the ghosts that show up in Richard the Third are Henry the Sixth, mm-hmm. Edward the Fourth, Clarence, Rivers, Grey, Vaughn, Hastings, Lady Anne, and Buckingham. He murdered a lot of a lot ghosts. Of he murdered a lot of people. And they were all like dis- Isn't there like that scene where there's like they're all like lined mm-hmm. up? Basically yeah, they okay. go down the line and they're like, This is how you murdered me and you're gonna fucking die on this battlefield. Despair and die, asshole. So <laughs> you know. It's a qual it's not I wouldn't call it petty. It's not like Macbeth witch level petty, but it is really good revenge. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be a really fun thing to do to the person who murdered you is to just show up the night before and be like, Guess who's dying tomorrow? <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Alright, next one. Look, I might be a dick. But I'm a single mom to a monster. I'm doing my best. Okay, so that's the Tempest. Wait, a dick? They say dick? I might be a dick? No, no that's me putting it in my fun, sassy no. terms. Sick, oh. It's, it's Sycorax <laughs> talking about Caliban, who is called a monster. I think. Fuck. Wait. Now, wait, I'm, mom so you're saying right? now I'm like, the everything's the Tempest. <laughs> everything's the Tempest. The mom with, with the kids. Or is that not even Shakespeare? What mom with the kids? Ignore. <laughs> like, there are moms with kids in Shakespeare. Edit that out. Wait, hold on. It's a mom of a monster? A mo- I am a single mom to a monster. Got one vote for witch. Well, is it? Wait. You're going with yeah, Sarah? I'm, Two votes witch. I'm, yeah, I'll go with witch, but I'm just trying to remember what play. Like, my, my brain is hurting right now. <laughs> Sarah is exactly right. It is Sycorax in the Temple. Okay, good. Okay. Boom! Yep, she is universally acknowledged to be a cruel witch, but she does give birth to Caliban, who might be a monster. The play is unclear on this point. Prospero is really mean to Caliban, yeah. but it's never described as, like, Caliban has, like, tentacles. It's just, it might just be that Prospero's just kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one. Hope you like weirdly vivid dreams, because that's my thing. Fairy, witch, or ghost? Wait, really Fairy. vivid dreams? Very vivid. Vivid. Vivid dreams. Vivid dreams, y'all. Vivid dreams. Vivid dreams? Vivid dreams. I'm going to say fairy. Yeah, is it? Three votes fairy. Fairy, is it? This isn't Midsummer. Fairy. No, it's not. It's, um, oh, you know what? Sasha's got it. I can see by the look on your face. This one's tricky because it's not from a supernatural one. Oh, shit. Fairy? 
Vivid dreams. Oh my god. You good? It's yeah, not I'm good. from I'm, Supernatural? It's not. It's from... Is it Romeo oh, 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 and Juliet? Yeah, it's Mercutio. Yeah, it's Queen Mab. Yes, oh, my God. Oh, shit. I see oh, the Queen wow. Mab has been with I, you. Oh, my God. The word Romeo, I couldn't access it in my brain. <laughs> and like, I, who's that guy? I the... taught ninth grade English for, like, three years. <laughs> and, that, again, that one was deliberately designed to be tricky because Romeo and Juliet is not a supernatural play, but Mercutio's, oh, I see Queen Mab have been with you, and then goes on and on about what she does to dreamers. And all of my ninth graders are always like, I don't... What's the significance of this? I don't get that. Speech. Someday, someone with a very niche podcast is going to play a game about this, mm-hmm. and it's going to throw everybody <laughs> off. <laughs> I just want to say this is proof that my English degrees, all these fucking English degrees, totally worth it. Totally worth it. All of these, the student loan debt, y'all. Shove it in your dull hold. English this degrees moment. are worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, theater degrees are worth it. Okay, we can keep going. <laughs> oh, yes, they are. So is eighth grade theater and being the first witch in Macbeth. All right, next one. All I want to do is leave purgatory. Oh, it's King Hamlet's ghost. (laughs) That one. Yes. Which he said. Yeah, it's the ghost. I couldn't do this game without having one of Hamlet's dad. Thank you. He's stuck there until Hamlet solves his murder. Yay. Yay. And then he shows up halfway through the play and he's like, Hamlet, focus on the task at hand. Please, 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 please. (laughs) I'm still stuck here. (laughs) Hamlet, come on. Yeah, you had one fucking job. And you get abducted by pirates instead. Okay. (laughs) I love magically spying on my brother and plotting my revenge. I would, I'd go witch. Uh, Yeah, he has like a mirror, right? Like an enchanted. Revenge. One first place. Yeah. Love spying on my brother and plotting my revenge. Mm-hmm. Oh, Prospero. Tempest? No. So no? two votes for wizard. wizard slash witch and one ghost? Yeah. You guys are right. It is Prospero and the Tempest. Okay. That's Yay. what he did. He has a mirror that he looks into and his brother is the one who got him banished to the island. So mm-hmm. he's like, and that's how he lost his throne. So he hates his brother. I don't know. Based mm-hmm. on Macbeth, it seems like being on the throne is maybe not great. Yeah. I don't know. Magical kidnapping? Sign me up. Magical kidnapping. Fairy witcher ghost. Magical kidnapping. Magical kidnapping. Fairy. Fairy? I vote fairy. I'm in a second fairy. Yeah, fairy, fairy. You are correct. That's the whole basis of Oberon's magic plot in Midsummer Night's Dream. He wants the changeling (laughs) orphan that Titania has to be his servant. That's right. So he's like, I'm going to trick her into giving him to me because I want this kid to wait on me hand and foot. But Titania's like, no. You should his- make cards and sell this game. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Great. Starbucks, when you sponsor me, think of what your money will get you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. And this is the last one. And you guys are going to get this one, I'm pretty sure. Don't cross me or I'll trap you in a tree. Okay, that's definitely the Tempest. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, witch. Two yeah. votes, witch? Yeah, agreed. Lindsay, you want to go for the third vote, witch? I'll say witch. You are correct. That's what Sycorax does to Ariel, and freeing him from the tree is why Ariel's chill with Prospero. And that's a game which witch is which. Yay! Everyone wins. That was so good. Yay! 
That was fun. That was really good. Yay. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. I'm so, glad it wasn't yeah. super easy. Yeah, I tried to do the Tempest. That was challenging. I knew the Tempest was one that Sasha wasn't super familiar with. Yeah, I read, I, it once ever... in, I read it once in college. Yeah, I was like, I don't think you've ever had to teach it. So I was yeah. like, the Tempest is probably a good way to trick mm-hmm. some of this. Yeah, I read it But in then like we have Sarah who, like, majored in the Tempest. <laughs> so that's I hard. just... I just finished reading a book that's talking about representations of indigeneity, and there's a really long section. This is Jodie Bird's Transit of Empire, and she's talking about Caliban. Amazing, because I... Post-colonial studies. I I have a whole bit. When I was... I researched two main things. I focused on witches for this episode, and my whole part about Sycorax, I get into that, because I was like, I've never heard this interpretation, but granted, I read The Tempest when I was young, and not as any part of schooling. I just read it because I'm a nerd. So I read that and I was like, that's really cool. I like that. So hmm. are we ready to get into our spoop spear discussion? Yeah. Let's do I it. Think. All right. All right. <laughs> Anybody want to go first? Like, yes. Yeah. And then, and then silence. <laughs> what do you think? Do you guys want to do witches or ghosts first? Ghosts. I vote ghosts. ghosts. All right. Okay. Sasha, that's ghosts. you. All right. So we've, we hit on a couple of ghosts in that game, but I think I'm going to start rather than with... Sh- the ghosts of Shakespeare's plays, looking more at ghosts of Shakespeare <laughs> or his <laughs> grave or like th- those kinds, of, like things revolving around the man, not necessarily the plays. So in 2016, which was the 400th anniversary of Shakespeare's death. Um, wow, he's old. Yeah, he, he old. He old. Yeah, he old. <laughs> Gross. Um, Damn old. Damn old. <laughs> there, there was a lot of hubbub. There were, you know, like, studies coming out or, like, you know, investigations surrounding him. So there's a lot. There's, like a, a, like, a treasure trove of stuff that just came out kind of two years ago. So there was one team of researchers that did a radar scan of his grave in Stratford-upon-Avon. Mm-hmm. He's buried in the floor of the Holy Trinity Church in Stratford. And when I was in middle school, I went and saw it. It's pretty, like, unassuming. It's mm-hmm. just, like, a, a slab on the floor, and it has, has a message carved into it. It says, Good friend, for Jesus' sake, forbear to dig the dust enclosed here. Blessed be the man that spares these stones, and cursed be he that moves my bones. And I remember being in, like, seventh grade and being like, Well, looks like they're never going to exhume him. <laughs> like, the <laughs> research, right? So they finally have the technology to just do a radar scan to, like, kind of map what's going on under there. And they found that his head appears to be missing. I remember reading about what? that. Yeah, he has no head. Because I feel like that was right before my family and I, we, we went to London and we did go to Stratford-upon-Avon and I wore my Shakespeare Hates Your Emo Poem shirt because mm-hmm. that's how 17-year-old <laughs> I was. And I think it was right before we did that where they were like, where the fuck is his head? Yeah. <laughs> so it appears that there's something else like where his head should be like like a brick or like um, like there or like something heavy, like, lar- like large and heavy, but like kind of earth like. Have they, they considered that his head was just a brick? No, no, no. no. So they also <laughs> said that there's signs of disturbance of like materials being dug out and put back again. So hmm. what it might be is just like a thing to keep the stuff propped up or you know, oh. from like further collapse. Because, like, let's say that the floor collapses in the middle of, like, mm-hmm. um, of a, like a, what, what do you, what do you church people do? I don't know. Service? Service, yeah. In the middle of a service, <laughs> if, like, the floor. Mass. Yeah, mass, yeah. yeah. Um, Worship. Yeah, like, caves in or whatever. It appears that the skull was probably stolen in the late 1700s, so, oh, like, wow. 1794. And, That's ballsy. They still well, believed in curses then. Well, so yeah, they there was a story in 1879 that said that the 
the skull had been removed and people were like, bah, why would anyone do that? Curses are real, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, someone yeah dug up his head. But it also put the scan helped put to rest rumors like he's buried 17 feet deep, or he was buried standing up, hmm. or he was in like a separate tomb. Like there's definitely some someone mm-hmm. in that grave. Yeah, there is most of a body in that grave. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I've been rewatching Pretty Little Liars, and as I've learned from that very scientifically accurate show, they just put anybody <laughs> in graves and say it's anybody else. Yeah. So. Exactly. It's probably Allison De Laurentiis. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> it's a deep cut for Pretty Little Liars fans. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing... <laughs> Do you watch Pretty Little Liars? No, no. I don't. That's uh, what I was just going to say, but we can move on. I would say on. you yeah. should, but you really shouldn't. But she um, appreciates you, a good joke. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I do. It was good. Thank I you. liked it. So, um, a weird thing about Shakespeare that, like, you know, he has a lot of ghosts. He's a very well-known, you know, writer... There were always, like, ghost stories about other famous writers, mm-hmm. and yet there aren't a lot of, like, ghostly appearances of William Shakespeare. It's like, he died, and he was like, you know, I'm just gonna I'm rest done. in the afterlife. I'm done, right? I don't need to haunt anyone. That's fair. But there was this great report that happened in 2016, around the 400th anniversary of his death, where people started reporting that out of the window, the top windows of a cafe that the ghost of Shakespeare was gazing upon the crowd out of the window. Hmm. And people were getting really spooked. And what happened was that the cafe owner bought a cardboard cutout <laughs> of William Shakespeare. <laughs> That's amazing. And this is the best thing I've ever heard. And so they interviewed one of the customers. I'm sorry, can we flip your laptop around yeah. so you guys can see? We'll post this on the Instagram. This is amazing. Look at this great ass photo. <laughs> That's so funny. So they interviewed one of the people who was fooled by this. Regular customer Jess Smith, age 22, had been passing by the night before when she saw the figure in the darkness and even came back past the cafe a second time to check to make sure she was not seeing things. (laughs) Jess, who's a ride operator from Prescott, England, said, It was getting quite dark when I went past and saw a face looking down that made me do a double take. I recognized it, but I didn't know where from, <laughs> as behind the window and in poor light, it was hard to see. Do I know you from somewhere? Do I know you from somewhere? Your faces. Do you have one of those faces? <laughs> it was on my mind what I had seen, so I actually went back past it again to try to work out who or what it was I had seen. <laughs> oh walking past it like suddenly. I wondered if it was a ghost or someone lurking up there. I had no clue what it was. I just had a lot of thoughts going round in my head. <laughs> I have so wow. many thoughts. It was then that I realized it looked just like Shakespeare. I wondered if I was seeing things or if he was actually there. No. And she continues, I must have looked like a right idiot. I was quite scared and it was quite dark and you couldn't make out exactly what it was. It just looked like a figure and the odd thing was it stood like right in the middle of the room. So I went home and told my dad as he was going out in that direction, I said, oh my god, I don't know what I've just seen. And I told him to go past and check to make sure I wasn't going crazy. Oh, Dad, will you check? Right? Dad, is it a ghost of Shakespeare? And so she said, there's a lot about Shakespeare in the news at the moment, with his birthday and also the plans for the Shakespeare North Theater nearby, so it was quite weird. I didn't know what to think. William Shakespeare is the last face you expect to see staring out of the window at a local (laughs) coffee shop at night, though. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. seriously. That's fair. (laughs) 
So they interviewed the owner of the shop, and he said, I put it up there just to keep it out of the way and hope to bring it into the shop to add some character to it since the building has an old Tudor-style front. <laughs> I stuck it up there and didn't think much about it until people started coming into the store the next morning and asked who was upstairs. A few asked if we had a ghost and said that they had seen a figure staring down at them from the dark upstairs room. Oh, upstairs. no. And he hadn't even told, like, his staff yet. Oh, my so, God. Like, no That's one so knew what was happening, and so the staff was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're going to come home one of these days, and I'm just going to have a cutout of Shakespeare in the window. I, I, I worry about that. Pull a home alone. I was actually thinking oh, yeah. this like, when she was reading this. Like, when you're not home, like, have one of those lights on the timers, yeah, and then, just like, have... just randomly have it light up where Shakespeare is just staring out the window. I did have a friend in high school who had the life-size cardboard cutout of Orlando Bloom as Legolas. And they yes. kept it in their basement, which when they would go down in the basement, the lights would be off. And almost no. always they would jump out of their skin because they'd see a tall man standing in the corner in the dark. They were like, Who is oh, it's just Legolas. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> it's just that beautiful man. Right. It's just a beautiful I man. can't. And um, that's why she had the life-size cardboard cut out. She was like, I love him. My friend's dad in his, like, my friend's dad parents' house has, like, a whole, like, basement that's just full of, like, old antique toys. Mm-hmm. And, like, a huge, so just, like, Batman haunted. exhibit, if you will. But in their downstairs bathroom, there's, like, a sliding door to go to his dad's workshop. And I was at a party in, like, ninth grade at his house and went to the bathroom and looked in the mirror. Like, I was fixing my hair. And in the background was Batman. <laughs> screamed and ran out of the bathroom. Oh, no. oh, God. Batman's a pervert. It was so scary. It's still there, too. Oh, yeah. I have Batman in my bathroom. Sarah, you know. Oh, Do you oh, have yeah. a life-size Batman? Me. He watches me pee. Oh, God. He's, so Batman... he's brushing his teeth. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So Batman is confirmed a pervert who yeah. likes watching people pee. <laughs> All right. You heard oh. it here first, folks. <laughs> Batman's a perv. <laughs> um, Please so don't show us DC and Batman. Um, so moving same, on, same, same. Uh, there is one instance of the ghost of William Shakespeare I found in a TV show. This was from a 2002 episode of Looney Tunes, Mysterious Ooh. Phenomena of the Unexplained. It was a webtoon, and the episode was called Taming of the Screwball. <laughs> This William Shakespeare was a little mean, but he had good intentions. He shows up because Taz did a poor job trying to quote his works. So he turned over in his grave and became a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when he lost his head, I see. Yeah. And then um, I just found a lot, and I'm not going to go through all of it, but where he lived when he wasn't in London, where he grew up, was Stratford-upon-Avon. Again, that's where he's buried. That town is just, like, haunted as fuck, apparently. Like, it's just, they have a lot of ghost tours. There's one particular place. It's now called the Creaky Cauldron. (laughs) not the leaky cauldron, but they have up to 40 ghosts who regularly make their presence known. One specific ghost was the ghost of John Davies. He was known as the Stratford Ripper. (laughs) Oh, good. That's a ghost you want to have. Yeah. And yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. So there's just a lot of ghosts. Um, There's like World War II pilots. There are like sex workers from Shakespeare's time. There are, like, unsolved murder ghosts from more recent years. There's an eight-year-old little pickpocket who died in a fire. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, and just, like, a lot of things where, you know, disembodied voices and books will fly off of shelves mm. and mysterious figures will be in windows in this, like, spooky, historic town in England. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's kind of cool that they have like through storytelling and like this kind of folklore that they that now we remember that eight 
eight-year-old was like, yeah. died, in, you know, died yeah. in a fire. Otherwise, it would be like, hey, it was it was the 1600s. Everybody died in a fire. Yeah, everybody yeah. died. You should be so lucky <laughs> so, that and, it was in a fire. Well, literally. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool that they have other things that are like not Shakespeare <laughs> in Stratford. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. I do yeah. like that a lot of the ghosts aren't related to Shakespeare. They're just other people who yeah. are like, yeah, I haunt here too. Whatever. Yeah. Maybe it's Shakespeare's spooky energy because he's not a ghost himself, but maybe he's given it off and they're mm-hmm. all like coming in for it. I say as someone mm. who does not believe in ghosts. Right, exactly. <laughs> Sarah, do you believe in ghosts? I have feelings about lots of things. <laughs> um, I don't... I don't know. I believe in like bad juju. Like I've been like haven't you ever been yep. in a space where you like have like a visceral response to it and you're like, I gotta get the fuck. We're out big of here. believers in I bad feel... juju and we I actually yeah. was alone yesterday. I looked at a house for because we're moving. I looked at one of the places that was on our list and I was like, I need to leave here and I was like texting both Sasha and our other roommate being like, Can one of you call me and say you're locked out? I don't wanna be here anymore. I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh god. But have you heard Lindsay Buziak's, the episode on Lindsay Buziak from no. Case File? Is that the one about the realtor? You should check it out. <sighs> yep. Those, see, I've been avoiding those deliberately because we've been going into a lot of houses. <laughs> and, like, <Okay>. it's hard. <laughs> and, like, okay. it was especially hard yesterday because I was alone. And, like, the guy was giving me weird vibes, but he also seemed frail and didn't move very fast. So I was like, okay, if he tries anything, I'm going to kick out his knee and then I'm going to run really fast to my car. <laughs> like, I had a whole plan. A whole plan. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I'm I'm a believer of bad vibes and juju yeah. like that too. But I'm also You're pretty much in I'm a, on ghosts. I'm I'm in on ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mostly out on ghosts, but I believe in juju. I'm ghost agnostic. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I am. Thank you. I would like if a cool ghost and I've said this before, if a cool ghost could come and just be like, Hey, ghosts are real. How's it going? Did I I'm tell cool you ghost. about my scary story from Halloween? Yeah, I did. Mm-mm. Not Halloween. It was oh, that was, yeah, 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 yeah. About the, the, the rug, right? Or the blanket? The mirrors. Yes, that's the right, mirrors. That's right, that's so right. plug for 33% Pulp's episode that's dropping two days after this episode. <laughs> yeah. Listen to that because Lindsay has a really good it's ghost story. It's very upsetting. It's upsetting. <laughs> we but, were But upset. go there for this story. Yeah. It's a good story. Mm-hmm. And then also watch the movie Witch's Brew because it is incredible. And it's free on YouTube. And Yeah. And it's free on YouTube. And it's got the best song ever. Anyway. <laughs> All right, do you guys want to talk about about witches for a little bit? Sure, sure. All right. Yeah, So, obviously, I want to talk about Macbeth's witches because mm. those are the best ones. They are petty queens. Mm. And, but I want to talk about Sycorax, too, because she's cool, and I, I do like The Tempest. I'm just not as familiar with it, and then I kind of fell into a Wikipedia rabbit hole. So, thanks, Wikipedia and ShakespeareOnline.com. <laughs> but, as I put in my notes, also thanks to my English degree in general nerdy interests. Boom. Some of the stuff I didn't know. So, as we kind of went over when we played Which Witch is Which, Sycorax is the powerful witch in The Tempest. She's only referenced, she dies before the central action takes place, and her backstory is mostly unlocked through Prospero interacting with Caliban. Mm-hmm. But she was mm-hmm. crazy powerful and considered to be powerful in an evil way. So she, while she was pregnant with her monster child, Caliban, she was banished from her home of Angiers because she was just too powerful and evil and whatever else people used to say about women who got shit done back in the day. Because mm. God forbid that ever happened. Women, am <laughs> I right? They're property. So, in the play, she's described as being, quote, so strong she could control the moon. 
So they were like, let's not fucks with this. Let's just ship her off somewhere. And like the sailors had been given the order to kill her. They did not. She claimed the island as her own and it becomes her home. She sort of acts as the sovereign and enlists the spirits of the island to work underneath her and traps Ariel, the spirit from the Tempest, in a tree because he's like, I don't want to do your shit. And she's like, fuck you, get in that tree. <laughs> and then she gives birth to Caliban and then she dies. It's kind of vague. It's kind of implied that Prospero ran her out of town. You don't, I don't think you get into it a ton. No, not really. So yeah. what I found out, and something Sarah mentioned, is that Sycorax, a lot of scholars have looked into Sycorax as being representative of the response of Native peoples, particularly women, to colonization. So mm. the idea is that even though Sycorax in a way kind of colonizes the island, because obviously it's not, it's not hers, but it does become her home, once Prospero gets rid of her, he erases all traces of her culture. He calls her son a monster and he just like revamps everything. So even though Prospero does really similar shit to Sycorax in terms of enslaving the spirits and doing whatever the fuck he wants, because he's our savior white man, everybody's like, this is great. Sycorax though, yucky, a strong woman. <laughs> so one interpretation that I found is that she is based on Medea, the Greek tragic figure, which Shakespeare does a lot of Greek-influenced shit. Mm, is that yeah. the woman and kids you were thinking of from the game? Yeah, that's the woman and I think that's the woman with the kids, yeah. So you weren't wrong. There is speculation that she's based on that. And then she's also based on, is it Circe? Because the phonetics on Wikipedia said it was Kirke, and I have never thought of it being said like that. Mm, what? Cersei. No. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's okay. Cersei and... And then I got all Game of Thrones insecure about myself. Mm. Yeah. It was it was with the K, though, so I was like, I know this is a K sound. I'm very puzzled. So please don't at me. They said I was right. <laughs> um, so, and, and Cersei was another sorceress in Greek lit who was banished to an island for having too much power. So, pretty classic sorcery nonsense. And Shakespeare uses Sycorax as a foil to Prospero because she was mean and she controlled everybody and how dare she and blah, 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 blah. And Prospero is just such a nice guy and he's so chill and we can do whatever we want under him. And she doesn't explicitly do a ton of spooky stuff in The Tempest because she died before it starts. But there is Caliban who might be a monster and the name Sycorax is the name of an alien warrior race in Doctor Who. <laughs> so It comes yeah. full circle. Comes full circle. <laughs> and then I use the Doctor Who connection to get into the witches of Shakespeare's Macbeth because there is the Shakespeare episode features three witches, but they're called Carrionites and not Sycorax. It would have been better if they were called Sycorax. This is why I don't watch Doctor Who anymore. <laughs> That's not the reason. It's fine. But these witches are kind of the classic spooky Shakespeare mm -hmm. nonsense. They do the double-double toil and trouble, which has become synonymous with any kind of literary witchcraft, is double-double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble, and then they list all the stuff that they're going to throw in this cauldron. It's also a song from the Harry Potter movies, oh. where they, was it, God, like probably the third movie, yeah. there's a little choir, and they have people at Universal Studios who just sing it. Oh, yeah. With little with frogs. With little frogs, Aww. yeah. <laughs> Cute. Wait, cute. I've been to Universal Studios. I've been to the Harry Potter ride. No one's Yeah, it was like where they have like a, it's outside of Hogwarts cute. Castle, there's like a little performance area. And so they, 
I was stuck in the Butterbeer line oh. for a really long time, and I watched, <laughs> like, the same three performances just cycle through. Oh, <laughs> and, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know. you know what I mean? Did yeah. you... I did want to talk about... I found out while researching this that Shakespeare writing Macbeth was essentially Shakespeare selling out. <laughs> like, it's essentially the Taylor Swiftiest that Shakespeare gets. Taylor for James. Swift. Yeah, for King James. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? I didn't know. So, if you don't know, in 1603, according to the BBC, King James I became King of England, having previously just been King of Scotland, which was a fake title because obviously Scotland doesn't matter. What are we, women? So, (laughs) King James I had a very well-documented fear of the supernatural and witches in particular. He wrote a book about it called Demonology with a bunch of extra letters. And he even commissioned <laughs> pamphlets. Yeah. D. It's, oh, demonology. Okay. I yeah, see. D A E M O N O L O G I E. Demon. Demonology. Anyway, he also commissioned pamphlets to stoke witch hysteria. This was very effective in Scotland. Scotland was on board with being afraid of witches. But then once he assumed the English throne, the English people were like, I mean, yeah, witches are real, but like they're mostly just like chill, bro. Like, whatever. It's fine. And that was not an acceptable answer to King James because he had almost died in a shipwreck and he believed that the storm brought a, that brought about the shipwreck was caused by witches and his fiance almost died in a shipwreck, which again, he assumed was witchly doing. Obviously, it was just fucking weather, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> so when James found out that the people of England did not share his fear of witches, he started commissioning more pamphlets and a lot of people realized they could curry favor with him by trying to stoke witch fears. So Shakespeare's weird sisters would have been a step in the right direction for the monarch's anti-witch policy. And not Mm. only, this was my favorite detail, not only was it pandering because he put evil witches in the play about the king of Scotland who should have been afraid of the witches and blah, blah, blah. It was also because of the length of the play because it's one of Shakespeare's shorter plays and James notoriously had very little patience for long plays. Wow. So... Basically, mm. this entire play was Shakespeare high-fiving King, King James and being like, you're a cool dude, bro, you get it. Which <laughs> made me think less of Macbeth, and now I'm sad. But all that aside, these witches are awesome. I love them. They're kind of Shakespearean spooky fates rather than, like, the Greek fates because instead of just witnessing, which is kind of what the fates are supposed to do, they kind of get involved mm. because they tell Macbeth, you're going to be king, and then you're going to be taken out by someone who wasn't born of woman, even though being born by C-section means you were still born of woman, but that's fine. And, yeah, they're not really spooky witches, unless you're King James or someone who doesn't like to share your snacks, which is all of us, <laughs> but people did respond to the fear-mongering of Macbeth Particularly, it made them afraid of witchcraft, which they were low-key afraid of anyway, but it also stoked their fears of conspiracy against the state and started the idea that witches were enemies of the state because Macbeth premiered shortly after the gunpowder plot happened where Guy Fawkes failed to blow Mm. shit up. So they were already, like, tensions were high about things that were against the monarchy, and then there was this play in which witches brought down the crown and whatever, and people were like, ugh, I don't like this witch shit don't care for that at all (laughs) so yeah those are those are some of the witches they're good witches i had to i found a a whole thing on demonology because apparently the three witches in Macbeth they represented i didn't read demonology i actually found a pdf of it it online (gasps) 
And I started to kind of skim, and then I was like, this isn't actually going to happen, so let's just mm. give up the ghost, so to speak. You didn't read a whole book just to be on one episode of a podcast that isn't yours? Okay. I got real close and then backed away. I closed the window. It was enough for me to see the cover and the article that I read. I was like, this is bananas. Also, in demonology, he talks about werewolves, is what I read. There is a Doctor Who episode in which they establish that the line of monarchs in England are secretly werewolves. I'm not that into Doctor Who. I don't know why it keeps coming up. But there's a lot of Doctor <laughs> Who parallels to this episode. <laughs> yeah, so Macbeth has a ton of ties to James and was very much kind of guided by his particular sense of what witchcraft was. Mm-hmm. At the time, in the 1500s, what I have is that there were four shifts in terms of religion in London. Mm-hmm. So you had... Whoever came before Mary, which was the little boy who died when he was young. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward, was it? Mm-hmm. So you have Mary the, uh, sorry, Henry the Eighth. then you had Edward the Sixth. then you have Mary the First, Elizabeth the First, then James the Sixth. And with each of these, we have, like, different witchcraft laws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of the stuff that I looked up. With the Church of England, which Henry VIII founded, right, because he wanted to get married to Anne Boleyn, who I read had a, another finger coming out she of her did. little finger. There is a conspiracy theory that she had an extra finger that she was polydactyl, and that's why she's always pictured with long sleeves. Oh. Yes. like, if you look at any paintings of her, she has the long, lacy sleeves. She was like probably the bell a sleeves. witch. For sure. I mean, she couldn't have boy children, so, like, something was wrong with her. There was a lot wrong. And she was <laughs> having sex with her brother. I mean, I the mean... only good thing about her is that she's Natalie Portman, really. <laughs> <laughs> The only good thing about her is that she's Natalie Portman. All right. I mean, yeah, that's fair. There's so much that I don't know about Henry VIII, but I do find him extremely fascinating. Like, why would a king need to kill all these people to have sex with these people? Like, kings just do what they want all the time. Why are you having to kill people so you can do what you want all the time? Why are you being a serial killer right now when you're a king and you could just (gasps) be doing this? You know. New conspiracy theory. Maybe he mostly wanted to be a serial killer, but because he was a king, he couldn't go anywhere without it being super high profile. So this was the way for him to satisfy his murderous impulses. Sasha's given me a face. But maybe this is how he got the murder <laughs> lust out, was by pretending it was regular lust. I'm on board. I don't know Thank if you. facts are on board, but I'm on board. <laughs> I'm going to say facts are on board, having done zero research about it. <laughs> But Henry VIII, he made it forbidden. It was forbidden to devise, practice, or exercise, or cause to be devised, practiced, or exercised any invocations or conjurations of sprites, witchcrafts, enchantments, or sorceries to the intent to find money or treasure or to waste, consume, or destroy any person in his body members uh, or to provoke (laughs) any person to unlawful love. Or to any other unlawful That's rich from Henry VIII. Yeah. (laughs) Or purpose. That's my Saturday night, so I don't know what I'm going to do with my time. That's when you unleash your lion and just see what happens is basically everything that law just forbade. Uh, That's, yeah. I love it. That's Sarah. New approach to life. (laughs) You can't pull down crosses or do-do-do-do. Conjure of sprites, witchcraft, enchantments, blah, blah, blah. None of that is allowed. Yep. So Edward the Sixth, who um, 
became king for just six years, looks like, because he was crowned at 10 and he was dead at 16. He was very anti-Catholic, but was more... Was he? Like, just... I assume that he was an incest baby because, like, they all had a lot of health problems, which is why so many of them died young, and it's because they didn't want to water down the royal bloodline, but you gotta water down the royal bloodline, otherwise everybody's gonna have weird deformities and die. Like, I feel like I he was know. one of the ones that got that. Yeah, I mean, well, also at the time, what I want, I was hoping to talk about is the plague. So I don't, oh, But I don't know why he died. Um, but That's he only true. lasted six years as, as monarch. It's very and he repealed. Job. Oh! The 1542 uh, Witch Act. Then there was Mary I, who was very Catholic, and then Elizabeth I, who kind of reinstated the Church of England. And then there was James VI, who totally believed, because he was very... Uh, what was he? He was very something. Uh, I Afraid have here of witches. anti-witches in, in bold. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's all I have right here. I've got notes well, he on was- him. He was real afraid of witches. Like, yes. as far as I could tell, it was mostly related to the two almost shipwrecks that impacted him. But that's a real stretch to, like, be so afraid of witches just because you had some bad boat weather when everybody had bad boat weather all the time. Well, what's interesting, too, is that he was very much aware of, like, the power of narrative, which is how and why, like, mm-hmm. he was interested in what and invested in what Shakespeare wrote about witches and also why like he made those pamphlets of demonology so that people who could read would read about how witches do exist but they are kind of like minions of the devil right so it's all still within Judeo-Christian kind of worldview right so Mm -hmm. witches exist within this world and that's cool but witches, you can't pr- practice witchcraft, guys, is what he's yeah. saying. In he's like, you you are a witch. We know that you're real, but you can't be a witch because it's bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So good times. Yeah. Good and so, times. like, with all the changes of religion and everything, and especially, I mean, also with the, for the most part, in Shakespeare's own life, I mean, I think that the monarchy was somewhat stable because it was what he went from Elizabeth to uh james right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i think that for that particular century you had the change of like four monarchs and with that four different kinds of senses of state religion and states Mm. the state's relationship to religion right and so you you have all of this like not only like political turmoil but religious turmoil and also the last thing that i wanted to get to was like the the health all everybody was dying because of the plague right um, excuse you, everyone was dying because witches caused the plague. <laughs> because of witches. Witches. Causing maybe. this plague. And it kind of actually, there are some people who, uh, first of all, some people think that Shakespeare, like, wasn't a single person in the yeah. same way that some people think Beyonce is not a single person. Because how can I'd she I believe be- it more for Beyonce because how is she so perfect, but I don't believe yep. it for Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, people will say, okay, Shakespeare wasn't, you know, a single person. Mm-hmm. It was... A bunch of people or some kind of Sir Francis Bacon and Queen Elizabeth and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, that kind of overlaps with what um, Sasha was saying earlier, like the the specter of Shakespeare and how it still kind of haunts contemporary discourse. Mm -hmm. But the, yeah, so we've got the religious stuff changing, the, the state changing, and then we have the plague. So this is the bubonic plague. And apparently, according to some statistics, it was like 20% of the population died, like, every mm-hmm. year. 
something like this. And this overlaps too, like, because people will say, oh, Shakespeare survived the plague. And when he was born in Stratford upon Avon, like, the babies that were born that same year as he was, like, they both died. Uh, uh, the ones that were born in the, like, houses adjacent to his, um, like, they died. And he survived. And he's ooh. like, he was the witch! <gasps> <laughs> Calling it. Oh, God. <laughs> Please, no. You did see conspiracy theory. Yeah, I've got got so many conspiracy theories now. The deitization or whatever might be the word of Shakespeare, like, all around. Deification? Deification. Thank you, There it is. Mm -hmm. I will say, with the plague, there was a lot of that. It wasn't just Shakespeare. I remember reading elsewhere that, like, one house would get it and the next house wouldn't. And that turned out to be because what rodents they had versus the next door neighbors, what rodents they had and whatever. But it did seem like these people were being hand selected because if on your block, the both of the houses beside you, everybody died and you were fine. The Mm -hmm. fuck were you doing? You weird witch. Oh my God. Well, even within your house too, because they started to quarantine, but then there were too many people to quarantine. They couldn't, there was, there was too many people to quarantine. So they would quarantine the whole house. So there'd be like six people in a house and they would Mm -hmm. board up the windows and everything. So now you can't like really leave or do anything. And now you're stuck with someone with the plague. Um, But those people like who, because you might not get the plague is the thing. Mm -hmm. So you could be fine for the six months that you're in this house with no windows and no real access to anything because now you've been quarantined by the state it's 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 super fascinating how that stuff kind of overlaps and becomes part of you know why do these things happen to us like in Mm -hmm. in shakespeare we have like okay it's magic it's fate it's the state right eventually once james becomes king a lot of his work turns and becomes like this political af yeah yeah so a lot of it is like trying to explain in common folk terms what is happening Mm -hmm. around them you know Mm -hmm. and it's like well we don't really know because even at the time with the plague i mean this is where the doctors would go around with the beaks which i didn't know nightmare the the beak, yeah that which are terrifying and usually like scary in like video games and stuff so Mm -hmm. you have the beak which i didn't realize um that was to keep like herbs and stuff so they didn't Mm -hmm. smell the death everywhere because also they didn't have sewers at the time yeah so you have, like, shit and dead people in the streets, right? Gross. Yeah. It's, it's not a good or clean time, really. And they don't know why. Also, I mm. found this super interesting. They didn't have a sense of, like, hygiene or, or sanitation, obviously. So how did right. they clean their teeth? They clean their teeth by, um, for example, like, uh, rubbing honey on their teeth. Oh, with good. linen cloth. Yep, that'll do it. That, that um, works. Sugar. That's what they I did. do. That's why I have a lovely <laughs> smile. <laughs> they did have like 15th century um, teeth whiteners, which was the uh, which was vinegar. So you kind of oh. swish around some vinegar oh, in your mouth. No, mm. I'm just imagining all the cavities they have from rubbing their mouths with honey and then putting vinegar in all of the ca- oh all the enamel. Oh, no ow. bueno, no bueno. I don't like so they that. had no sense of like medicine or <sighs> hygiene. And really, when the doctor would come by and say, "Okay, let's bleed you," or <laughs> "Let's make let's- you weaker." Yeah, or let's, uh, how about we put this, um, random herb ointment on your sores? You know, they actually, according to Ian Mortimer, who wrote this book, The Time Traveler's Guide to Elizabethan England, (laughs) he he was saying that they actually themselves acknowledged that this is probably not a cure. It wasn't Mm -hmm. actually going to make them healthy, but it would maybe ease the pain of what they were going through. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had no idea 
what was happening, why it was happening, mm-hmm. why some members of some families would die and others right. wouldn't. And so what yeah. is what is this? Right. So that's why and how, like, also these kind of existing folklores around witches kind of mm-hmm. took extra hold, I think, because just mm-hmm. around them people were dying and they had no idea why. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that we have seen before mm-hmm. in other episodes when we've explored, particularly in our witchcraft episode, mm-hmm. and then with a couple other supernatural phenomenon, it's really just people looking at all of the bad shit that's happening, mm-hmm. and it's easier to say, oh, it's a ghost doing it, than to go, we're all fucking dying all the time and there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. It's easier to be like, it's okay, the ghost did it. This clearly was a demon child. It wasn't my baby that died. It was a changeling. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And there is this, like, intent, there is this kind of, in my opinion, there's a tendency for people to externalize things that are emotional or, like, psychological issues, rather. Mm-hmm. So they will say, oh, you know, they, they would personify revenge or personify, like, now there would be a ghost saying that there's something and telling mm-hmm. Hamlet what to do or whatever. Whereas in, in, instead of having Hamlet say, okay, I think I want to do this thing now. <laughs> Which yeah. is, Fuck you, uncle. Um, How right. dare you marry my mom, like, two seconds after my dad died? That's yeah, weird. yeah, yeah, and and so those kinds of themes actually were brought up by I think the Wooster Group in their 2007 mm-hmm. performance of Hamlet, where they turned it f- from my uh, reading about this and studying a little bit about it. They turned what would be what would have been spirits right into right. technology, mm-hmm. and um. so I think that there's an interesting te- overlap between how they used to speak about spirituality and witchcraft mm-hmm. and this kind of the power of belief. And now, like, what we invest in technology and, and mm. stuff. So it's yeah. kind of interesting. That makes sense. I, yeah. I mean, we still do the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, I know when Mercury's in retrograde. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fucked. Mercury's in retrograde. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, everybody, I think, it was what we were talking about, Poltergeist. That's what yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. Where it was, like, with Poltergeist, you don't want, like, they center on teenagers who are like they are attracted to teenagers negative energy and whatever else Mm. because you don't want to say my teenager which is a very common age where if you're going to start getting a mental illness it'll start showing up right they don't want to say there's something wrong with my kid they're just like oh it's this poltergeist that picked my kid and now Mm -hmm. is ruining everything it's not my kid knocking shit down and setting the house on fire right yeah or like the years of physical abuse that were just normal right Um, Mm -hmm. that's not gonna do anything it's probably yeah. witches it's yeah. definitely witches <laughs> for sure for witches sure. that's the only reason it could be happening exactly yeah all right well this was a very academic episode of spoop hour yeah i love I hope, it i hope everybody <laughs> learned something no, i sure did i definitely did yeah yeah this is this a, good this is we're smarter thanks to 33 percent pulp <laughs> otherwise <laughs> this episode is just really just Fart noises, Fart noises and, and cussing. Yeah. No, <laughs> I Doctor Who references. This is the most Doctor Who references it's... I've ever made in my life. I have not watched Doctor Who in years. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> the only ep- I'm calling bullshit. It's completely true. I don't like Stephen Moffat. So as soon as, I think it was, uh, it's 11. I stopped after 10. I didn't like 11. I watched like four episodes of it. I tried again a few years ago and I was like, fuck this. I'm outie. I can tell I worked you. With her the TV Doctor Who. Wa- oh, what? <gasps> Which one? 
Paul McGann. He was a he was a shortest serving uh, Doctor oh. Who. <laughs> I see, and I never but, watched the old ones. I basically just watched nine and ten. Yeah. So I'm not that into Doctor Who. It just so happened that there's one season that has a lot of overlap. Her her TV tastes these days lean more towards trashy teen dramas and you. Project Runway, and mostly Project Runway. Yeah. So and Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which is a legitimately good show that everyone should watch. People like that show. Yeah. It's a great show. Yeah, I think I like Jane the Virgin better. I, I just had an emotional. Like I love singing. I had an emotional sadness with a certain episode of Jane the Virgin, and I'm not emotionally ready to go back yet. Gotcha. I can't yeah. believe they killed yeah, that guy. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It real. It, I took that hard. I Fucking spoiler alert, Lindsay. I mean, there were a lot of guys in it. In the first episode, a guy dies, and I'm pretty sure that's what Lindsay means, right? Lindsay, it's the guy yep. who dies in the first episode. The very couldn't first see one. that coming. Okay. It's insane. It's like, oh, I love that guy, whatever his name is. I'm so sad that he's dead now. And then I had to stop watching because I was really emotionally attached to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So this has been a very awesome episode of Spoop Hour featuring 33% pulp. Um, Everyone who is listening now has an honorary doctorate from the University of Spoop. Right? Yeah, on Shakespeare and witches and religion and things that aren't plagues and things that are not plagues. Um, please, please, please tune in on Thursday to Thirty Three Percent Pulp's um, podcast, where you can also hear us talk together again, but with the other host, the other third of Thirty Three Percent Pulp. Yeah, yeah, and, and then and then if you haven't listened to the book that Thirty Three Percent Pulp has been reading, in that all of these amazing. Um, companion episodes are based off of listen to those episodes because listening to them has given me new insight I'm like wow Witch's Brew was really similar to this book yeah (laughs) except the guy's name is um Norman in the book and he's Josh in the movie and Norman is a better name for him the movies are all very different because I I, mm-hmm. I am conscious because I do the little ads and stuff and I am conscious of like now I'm advertising the same thing again, but they're all actually very different. Like ours was more of a comedy thing, yeah. And uh, I love all the I think, other ones have been pretty straightforward. Like witches are bad. Yeah, yeah. This one <laughs> hope, is more fun. Yeah, hope so you're I'm wearing excited. clean underwear. Yeah, I really like the one that the that we watched that was really funny it's one um, of the best movies but yeah 33 percent uh, pulp where can we people find you on the internet on twitter we are at 33 underscore pulp um on instagram we're at 33 pulp and those are basically the only things i pay attention to cool. <laughs> all right don't about, find them anywhere else find them there about the same as spoop hour yeah. where we are at spoop hour on instagram and twitter mm-hmm. where this past weekend you may have seen this creepy doll that our third roommate came across last week so check that out if you haven't already basically in the spoop house we're never sleeping again right so that's fun um there are brain amoebas scary dolls and bodies found at bunny man brain. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely go find 33 percent pulp listen to all of their episodes, but specifically the ones that center around Witch's Brew and Conjure Wife. Those are just great. Um, Also listen to the Giant Crabs one because I really (laughs) love that one. Thank you. so good. I I think it's the first one. Yeah, Night of the Crabs. It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) We're like, how does recording work? (laughs) And it's perfect. It's a great book. Um, yeah, which shockingly treats women the nicest out of like anything you've read, which I was not expecting. Going you know, you're beyond right, the first I episode. think. 
Yeah. You're right. Like, listening to that first episode, I'm like, ugh, this book's so gross about women. And then all of the other books you've done since then, I'm like, oh my god, Night of the Crabs was so <laughs> feminist. <laughs> I miss Pat Benson. Bring Pat, Pat Benson, Benson back. Pat Benson in her jeans and how sexy yes. she looks in her jeans. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, so thank you for thank you for having us. I love we love your show. Definitely, thank thank you. Um, I think you're so funny, and I I think you you. bring so much energy and enthusiasm into these stories that I would not have known about otherwise. So I really appreciate. I love your show. I like what you do, and I like you as people. So people should also listen to you. But I guess they're already doing that if they're hearing me say that. (laughs) That's true. So. Well, thank you. We like you as people too. I know. I was gonna say. I'm so glad you had a good tarot reading. I would have oh, felt yeah, so bad right. if you were nice like, to us. And Sasha's tarot reading was like, ooh, girl, it's going to get it's real like, rough. Well, when, when we did it with um, BSP, oh, God. Uh, one of them drew fucking death. Like, yeah. just like death card. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. I, think it was, I think it was Chris. Yeah. And Chris was like, am I going to die? We're all going to die. I mean, we're all going to die. It's fine. But yeah. It was, it was great. It was a good time. <laughs> So, yeah, find all of us and other members of the Lady Pod Squad, other members of hashtag Potter and Family. Basically, enjoy indie podcasts, Mm -hmm. watch out for the bunny man, and don't get the fucking plague. Thank you, 33% pulp. Thank you, 33% pulp. They're 33% pulp, and you're 100% probably a witch. Ha. (laughs) See what I I did there? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Meg. Are you terrified when you see a large group of people dressed in the exact same outfit? Usually. Al, are you strangely intrigued by the idea of wearing linen to appease alien overlords? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself sucked in by documentaries about cults from the 70s? Absolutely. Do you like your podcasts with wild but educated speculation? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, check out Can We Cult? Hosted by me, Allie. And me, Megan. We're two cheap wine aficionados slash best friends living in Portland, Oregon. Sure, we have some formal training and we do work in social services, but we got our real knowledge about cults from documentaries, books, Reddit threads, and again, wild speculation. Every Thursday, a new episode full of scary, sad, and hilarious stories with a whole lot of heart is released. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Overcast, as well as on all social media platforms at Can We Cult. Join, Join us, won't you? you?